Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. On today's program, we are going to talk about reconciliation. It's something that confuses and terrifies us, but it also brings healing and wholeness and joy when we enter in with open hearts and with the right frame of mind. So I wanted to talk to our guests today about their experience with reconciliation. Let me take a second and introduce our friends in the studio today. We have Nick, who is a parishioner at St. John Newman. Welcome, Nick. What's up? And Charlie, also from St. John Newman. Hey, Charlie. I'm happy to be here today. Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) We haven't had that one yet. Impressive. All right, Ben from Church of the Resurrection. Hey, Ben. Hey, Chiefs. (laughs) Chiefs? (laughs) You mean chief. Chief Okay. Uh, (laughs) And we also have Blair, also from Church of the Resurrection. Welcome, Blair. Hi, Katie. All right, so we already know just from your intros that this is going to be a lively show. I'm super excited. Okay, I need you to go back to the um, Wayback Machine, crank up the Wayback Machine, and think back to your first reconciliation. Do you guys remember it? Yeah, mm, a I think bit. so. It was a while back. How, do you remember how you felt about it? Very nervous. Yes, nervous. I was like, uh, what? what is this? I was very confused. Did you still feel nervous even when it was over, or did you have a different feeling when you came out than you had when you went in? I was just really relieved because, like, uh, that all that built up like nervousness, and then once it was over, I was just like, "Okay, that wasn't that bad. I, I'm ready to do this again." Like, okay, so let me ask you this: and this is for all of you, that sense of relief when you left the confessional was that relief like, "Oh my gosh, it's over," or was that relief like, "I've just unburdened my soul, clean slate, yay God," that kind of those kinds of thoughts. Uh, I, I mean, it was fourth grade. It was uh, yeah. for me. It was a little bit more like, like I whoa, can, I did it. I'm done. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think like as like you get older, you kind of realize like that it's unburdening your sins. But like at first, you're like, I, I got it done. Yeah. Do you remember how it was explained to you when you were in fourth grade or second grade or whenever you made your first reconciliation? Uh, kind of, but like, um, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, um. How like if you have like friends and you're you're mean to them and you're angry at them uh, and you and you don't like talk to them you just keep getting farther and farther away but when you go and talk to them you you kind of like reunite and that's kind of like how it was explained to us. Okay, anybody want to add to that? All right. So so would you would you say you were terrified of the sacrament at that point in your life? I think the sacrament. Uh, I would say for sure. I think the sacrament presents itself, um, especially from the culture that you live in, the secular culture in the world that we live in. It, it seems so foreign to admit that you're ever wrong or to um, have to confess to a person because of the life we live where we're in front of the screens and in front of um, technology all the time that to take the responsibility to talk to a person can be extremely scary, especially about your sins. Yeah, I it was very, just the whole the whole process was just very freaky to me. Just thinking back, I was just like, I have to tell I have to tell this stranger. Well, at that time he was a stranger. 
because I was new to the church. I had to tell this stranger all my sins, and I just thought that really freaked me out. But once it grew on me, I didn't mind. I was, it, yeah, it wasn't as bad. Well, and that's what I want to ask you, all of you, about. So how, at what point in your life did that change, or has that changed? That That, like, fear of the sacrament to, like, excitement to receive that the grace through that sacrament well i think what changes is the perception of what who you're confessing to i think in the beginning when you're taught it's very hard to teach little kids that they're talking to jesus and i think as you get older and you really appreciate the sacrament you realize that you're not confessing your sin to uh the priest the priest is acting in persona christi you're confessing your sins to the lord of the universe who cares and loves about you and wants you to build a relationship closer with him for you to live eternally I think once you realize that, the fear of talking to a person goes away, and the relationship that you can build with God is even greater. So do you remember that first time when you left, when you had that understanding, Blair or any, any of you, you had that understanding of what the sacrament was. Do you remember how you felt the first time you made a confession, sort of with that new understanding? Yeah, Ben. Uh, for me... Uh, not just understanding who God was, but also understanding more what sin was. Because, like, when I was little, I was like, oh, no, I hit my brother. And then, like, as I got older, as the sins got more serious, like, the feeling of relief after leaving for confessing the sins, when that feeling got greater, um, that's when I guess I fully realized, like, what reconciliation was. So I think partly as the sins escalated, the relief escalated too, and the feeling of forgiveness. Okay, so let's talk about sin, like, in general. That that which brings us into the confessional. In what ways does our sin affect us as individuals? Well, I think, um, and this is a personal perspective, if you look at the, the words of um, St. Thomas Aquinas, he talks about this idea of acrasia, when you have, when you're burdened with sin and you're burdened with so much hatred that you start acting like a different person than the person that you actually are. And I feel like that's extremely relatable. And um, a true Christian, when you really examine your conscience, you realize that sin will make you the person that you don't want to be. And you don't realize that unless you take a step back and you open your heart in the confessional. So how does that work? I don't know, Blair, if you can put that into words or any of you. How, how does reconciliation heal the effect of our sin? How does it help us change back to the person God created us to be rather than the person we've become through our sin. I think after, like, after the whole reconciliation process, like after we receive the sacrament, we come out of the church feeling like fresh and like just a new feeling. Um, But that, like if you can't learn from your sins and like if you can't come out of the church thinking okay i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and make the same mistakes i did in the past then i feel like it's kind of pointless if you are just going to repeat the same mistakes over and over again to add on to that the the act of contrition i normally say in the confessional uh, has a part that says i firmly intend with your help to sin no more or to do penance to sin no more and to avoid whatever leads me to sin and the whole concept of part of the reconciliation process is going out and changing your ways. Does the sacrament help you do that, Ben? Uh, I'd say yes. Once you feel the forgiveness, the desire to have that feeling all the time instead of just when you get out of the confessional 
I think that uh, motivates you to not sin or to want to not sin. Does the does the habit of confession, just the the mere habit, not like even if we took the actual grace out of it, <laughs> does the habit of confession help you want to not sin anymore? I, I think it does because, like, if you if you commit yourself to be going to confession, then you're gonna try your best not to sin like as much. So, like having like a habit of going to confession can help you i think all right what are what do you think are or what do you know are some of the complaints or confusion people have about reconciliation blair you already touched on it just in terms of who we're confessing to but in addition to that have you heard any anyone say anything about reconciliation that was you know well here's why i don't go to confession or here's why i don't think we need to go to confession well i think like some some people might think it's like their sins are so bad. Like you always hear about how priests like are like like I don't remember, but like people, I don't know if people like always believe that. So, I mean, that might be a reason why they won't go is just because of what they've done and what they think like the priest would judge them, which they wouldn't. Especially if you know the priest, yeah. you're like, I don't want to see that guy again after yeah. I've just told him this. Yeah, I remember a priest once telling me. <laughs> uh, I've heard way worse sins than whatever you have to confess. <laughs> you know, just like we walk in there thinking our sins are absolutely the worst sins, and mm-hmm. the priests are just rolling their eyes like, "Really? Who do you think you are?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was always a little bit nervous about going to like our parish priest, and then there was one time I was at a retreat, and I was like in the bathroom or something, and I walked in. I wasn't there for when Katie was sharing with us where all the priests were. I just went to the shortest line, wasn't even thinking about it. Walked right in, and it was our priest, and I was like, oh. That's why it was the shortest well. line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just remember after I was done, he said, well, you're normal. And, like, I went in there feeling like, as soon as I opened the door, I was like, oh, oh, this is kind of weird. Because, I mean, we've got a good relationship with the priest, and it was kind of strange to just be, like, telling him, hey, here's the things that you don't see me doing at Sundays and or on Sundays at Mass. But then he said, yeah, you're pretty much normal. And I was like, oh. Actually, like, that, I don't know, just that, those words made me kind of relieved. And he's never given it a second thought, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Your oh, yeah, particular yeah, yeah. confession. Yeah, yeah. So what do you tell people if, if you hear them object to um, the idea of going to a priest for confession? What do you tell them? Or do you? Or you just run in circles where everyone's, like, pro-confession? I think a lot of people, it, like I said before, people don't really... Just the misconstruities about what confession is. And I think, like you said, above anything else, even if um, you you lack the faith that our Lord is, is really forgiving you in the confessional, just to be able to admit to your wrongdoings and your shortcomings to a person um, psychologically relieves you of what you've done. And so, um, if nothing else, it is the best way to fully commit yourself to understanding who you are as a person. Yeah, and I think for most of us, it's human nature to unburden our soul to someone. You know, you hear all kinds of stories of healing of people who, once they have told someone their burden, they can move past their burden rather than holding on to it for a long, long time. Do you guys prefer, this is just a, 
I don't know, a question about preference. Do you prefer face-to-face reconciliation or do you prefer to go behind the screen? Uh, like the first, for the first like years that I went to confession, I always went behind the screen. But one time I went face-to-face and from then on I've went face-to-face just because I feel like you like connect more personally like with the priest and he can like give you some advice and I I like it better, I guess. I think personally, and this is my personal opinion, the face-to-face, you're really fully showing your sorrow and you're really fully taking the initiative to talk to the priest, which I really, that's why I prefer face-to-face, but it's it's personal preference. I would love to remove the screen from the confessional. I know it's not my decision. <laughs> and I know sometimes it's very necessary, but when I confess face-to-face, I feel so much less ashamed. I, I feel so much more like, I'm not hiding behind this screen. I'm bearing my soul to Christ. And he, you know, I don't know. That's just me personally. But yeah, there was one time that I always did face to face. And then there was one time that I decided to sit in the chair that was facing the other direction. I guess it was just closer or something. I don't know. I sat in it. But then it was so awkward because I normally go in with like a piece of paper to help me keep my thoughts together. And I would sometimes look up from the paper and realize that. I was either looking at the back of his head or like at a wall or something, and it just it just didn't feel right to me. Um, but I've actually never used a screen. It's normally just I'm facing the other way, so I don't know if that would have any difference. No, I think it's the same thing. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of a matter of you, you probably are always on retreats when you go to confession. Most of the time, yeah. That's the easiest way to set up confessionals is just turn a chair around. Charlie, were you going to say something? Yeah, I... I started doing confession with a screen, but a couple of years back I started doing face to face, and I think it's a lot more personal, and I really like that a lot more. As you guys said, you're really opening up, and you can like portray your emotion more. Not, um, and the priest won't be able to see like your body move, like your body, um, like body language and stuff behind the screen. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Raising Saints on AM 820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. Today we're joined by Nick, Charlie, Ben, and Blair, and we're talking about reconciliation. Um, I think, let's let's play a clip. This is Tim Staples. He's a very well-known Catholic apologist. He's a former Baptist, so he had a he had to come around to the concept of reconciliation, as many of us do. Um, but this is him reflecting on Leviticus 19, 20 through 22. Let's listen. But I remember saying, how in the world can you all say you're going to go to some guy with a funny collar on to get your sins forgiven when the Bible says it's the Lord that forgives sins? Well, folks, here's a simple way to respond. And I'm going to give you the same thing that my Marine buddy gave to me 23 years ago. Are you ready? My friend Matt asked me this. Tim, let's go to Leviticus chapter 19, verses 20 through 22. Man, I knew I was in trouble now because Catholics aren't supposed to quite quote the Bible. Isn't that true? Right? Isn't that like a law against Catholics quoting the Bible? But in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 20 through 22, the inspired author gives instructions as to how that sin is to be taken care of. You know what it says? It says, if you fall into this sin, you take a particular sacrifice... You take it to the priest, and the priest shall make a... I'm skipping down to verse 22. The priest shall make atonement for you before the Lord, and that sin will be forgiven. Hmm. My boy Matt says to me, Tim, is it possible 
I'm, I'm only asking, is it possible? Is it possible that God could establish a priesthood to communicate his forgiveness to his people? Or do you think God's not powerful enough to do that? Oh, I hated when he did that. So again, that was Tim Staples reflecting on uh, Leviticus 19, 20 through 22 about scriptural basis, scriptural support for the sacrament of reconciliation. There's lots of scriptural support for the sacrament. There's John 20, 21 through 23, when Christ says, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are, ret- are retained. And then later in Matthew chapter 18, he says, Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I could keep going. <laughs> There's lots more scriptural support. Um, I wanted to share a quote uh, by Pope Francis in his, uh, one of his Wednesday audiences. He was acknowledging a popular objection to the sacrament, and he noted, Someone can say, I confess my sins only to God. Yes, you can say to God, forgive me, and say your sins. But our sins are also against our brothers, against the church. This is why it is necessary to ask forgiveness of the church and of our brothers in the person of the priest. So following along this line of thinking, what are, what are some of the ways our sins might affect others? That's a super broad question, but just share some reflection on that, some ways our sins might affect others. The first thing that I thought of uh, was that when we sin, we're essentially changing ourselves. So the more we sin, the more we become like that sin. It's kind of like the you are what you eat concept, but like sin. So as you change because of your sin, that affects all of your relationships with others and that affects how you treat people. And so just as you sin and as you change yourself, that changes how you interact with everyone around you. I think sin can really just ruin relationships. Um Say you are talking to your friend and you tell a lie or exaggerate or boast that, and then they later find out that you were lying. That can just make them distrust you and they stop like telling you like important stuff about them because they don't want you to go around telling people or like lie about stuff. Um, and I just think it's it's a uh, bad sin is bad when it comes to relationships, really. So have you guys personally experienced the the um, element of reconciliation that reconciles us to the community or to the church or to our brother or to ha- have you had personal experience with that? I guess related to what I was saying before about how sin changes ourselves, well reconciliation kind of changes us back the other way. So I guess if through certain sins our, a relationship became strained, then reconciliation can help relieve the strain on your side of it. Uh, Something we've been talking about this week on our uh, retreat that we were doing is uh, the concept of forgiveness. And a lot of times, if you forgive the other person, sometimes that can help the relationship. But forgiving yourself and truly accepting the forgiveness, um, that's what sort of does it. So I guess the reconciliation is sort of accepting that you're forgiven and letting go of that sin so that can... Uh, stop the strain on the relationship. And often part of our penance is to 
apologize to somebody or to make further reparations in a relationship or Sometimes I think that's the hardest part of reconciliation is then the penance that the priest, you know, but, but if, I mean, if you have hurt someone, if you have wronged someone and you can make it right some way, obviously that needs to be part of the penance. You don't get to just accept the forgiveness and okay, get on with my life, even though this person over here is still hurting. So how do you guys prepare for reconciliation? I think the the best way you can prepare is not by any outside source, but by truly looking within. Um, nobody knows yourself more than you, and nobody knows your actions um, than you do. So I think the best way to prepare is to really reflect on yourself. And the the um, just on CatholicAnswers.com, the reflections they have for examination of conscience is one of the best resources you can use to really understand um, where your short comings and your faults are what about the rest of you how do you guys prepare for reconciliation um i like using like books like different faith books that have different things to help you prepare and then like when i go into confession i always write down my sins just to make sure i don't forget anything and i i always look over them to just like prepare myself to um truly get 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 it off my chest Usually before confession, I try and think back and think about some of the more major sins that I've uh, I've committed, and then just just think of everything I've really done that I shouldn't have. Um, but as Blair said, that Catholic dot com um, she for the seven sins really helped me because I I was just at confession last night, and I thought that was just a major resource that was very helpful. Yeah, a lot of times on retreats, Katie will give us like a list of the Ten Commandments and like a breakdown of it. Uh, I just like to go through that because it kind of covers all the major rules of God and it can help me know which ones I've broken and which ones I've followed. Those Ten Commandments do kind of cover the major rules of God (laughs) 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 by design. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so did your parents, how did your parents and how do they continue to encourage you to embrace the sacrament, to celebrate the sacrament, to appreciate the sacrament. My parents have always told me to never hold anything back. If even if you have some very like major sins, don't hold back. That's what the priest is there for. You can't you can't hold if you hold anything back, that weight it still feels like there's a weight on your chest. It's not fully you don't get that like glory that you if you really confess everything. Well, I think that um they 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 love us so much that they want us to be the best version of ourselves. So they want us to um become closer to God and grow closer to God and one of those ways we can do it is go to confession. I guess in the spirit of um full disclosure, I should mention that all of these guys went to the cathedral last night. Went through the Holy Door, uh, received Eucharist at Mass, spent time in front of the Blessed Sacrament in adoration. Uh, did you guys remember to pray for the Pope's intentions? Yep. Sweet. Well, I, and, said, I said, like, I pray for the Pope's intentions, but I didn't remember what the intentions were. All right, were. that's all right. Jesus, so. Jesus knows what they are. You're good. <laughs> and went to reconciliation. So, unless you've done anything today... 
to stain your soul. <laughs> You're in great shape. You got the indulgence. We we assume. We hope. Yeah, right? I think I think we're fine. Did you feel it, Charlie? Did you I, feel the I indulgence? That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome, isn't it? Yes, it's awesome. And I encourage our listeners if you haven't, uh, if you haven't gone through the holy door, if you haven't explored the concept of the indulgence that comes in this year of mercy. Do it. Oh, my gosh. Otherwise, you have to go all the way to Rome, mm-hmm. which isn't a bad thing going to Rome. But the fact that we can do this right here in Columbus at our cathedral in our diocese, it's pretty cool. Uh, anything else that I didn't ask you about in terms of reconciliation that um, that you like to re- that you'd like to reflect on? In regard to the sacrament, anything that, um, any memories you have, I mean, I don't want you to tell me about a confession you made, but any memories you have about a particularly awesome confession, anything a priest has said to you, Ben, like you shared when Father Jerry said, you're normal. <laughs> anything else like that, that really made a difference? Um, I think that as I've gotten older, um, I have felt like the mercy of God and that sometimes comes out in tears. So I, I just remember like those times on retreats when like I'm just bawling my eyes out, but it's like like I'm feeling God and that's like a truly amazing feeling. Those tears are amazing, aren't they? Yeah. Those mercy tears. Yeah. Just tears that you know are, are just the Holy Spirit. It's almost like the Holy Spirit has flooded you and <laughs> it has to come yeah. out in tears. Yeah. There also is a such thing as a not a very good confession. Uh, you know, if you have a confessor who maybe doesn't say something quite so gently or doesn't. But the cool thing is the sacrament is the sacrament and the grace is the grace. So even if you, you know, have a priest who maybe isn't very compassionate or isn't, doesn't seem to be taking time with you, you know, we don't have to lose heart. We don't have to despair because uh, he still sits in persona Christi and we still receive the fullness of grace in the sacrament. So. Okay, so on that note, we are going to close with a prayer. We've run out of time. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we love you, and we praise you, and we are so, so grateful for your unending mercy. We're so, so grateful that you love us so much that not only did you die on the cross for us, but you continue to extend your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy through the sacrament of reconciliation. Jesus, we just ask that if we have any barriers to receiving this sacrament, that you remove those barriers. We ask that you help us receive this sacrament often. And um, we know that through your strength and through your grace, we will be able to do so. In your precious name, we pray, Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Raising Saints on AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt. And until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, son.